So are you ready for the word today? Are you hungry for the word today? Good, because so am I. I love the word. It's life, it's spirit, it's the bread to us. I love a little meme I saw on Facebook who said, all you people who are saying bread's bad for you. Jesus did not say, I am the kale of life. He did not say, I am the broccoli of life. He said, I am the bread of life. So bread, eat the bread. Bread is good for you. There you go. So um, (laughs) that's not what we're talking about today. We're going to start a two-part series today uh, called Connect. And uh, the message of today's, uh, the title of today's message is Put God in His Place. Right? You know, we talk about put the devil in his place, but I'm going to put him in his place. I'm going to give them a piece, and I'm going to put them in their place. So we're going to see what that looks like today when we put God in his place. And we've, we're just coming off the heels of a four-week series. Um, you can hold off on that for just a second if you just take that. Okay. We're coming off the heels of a four-week series on a disciple's life living for the well done. And we talked about the fact that a disciple hears and does And that a disciple makes Jesus not just Lord, but Savior. And that we lay our lives down. And my life is not my own. And I make myself his slave. And your will, not mine, be done. And feel the fear, but do it anyway. And we talked about all of these things that we're supposed to do. But we would be very remiss if we did not tell you how to do it. Right? Because we can toil and we can toil and we can labor and we can labor, but if we do it in our own might and we do it in our own strength, we're going to burn out, aren't we? So we're going to talk today about connect and how the, the fact that connection empowers the disciple's life. And if we try to live the life of a disciple without the connection to the power source, we're going to burn up and we're going to burn out. And so we're going to look today at what it looks like to live a life connected to the power source. And I've got three things I want to share with you in 27 minutes. Can you listen fast? Because if we truly live a life connected to the power source, we are going to be fueled, free, and full of adventure. Our life is going to be fueled, it's going to be free, and it's going to be full of adventure. Okay, you can put that little picture back up. You can't really see this, but the, it ha- was on a white background at one point, but um, it has its little plug out there, and some people say the Christian life is boring, and I say, so is the TV if you don't plug it in, <laughs> right? Some say the Christian life is boring, but so is the TV if you don't plug it in. If your TV's not plugged in and you go sit down in front of it, I don't care how many times you push the power button, I don't care how many times you change the channel... It's not going to entertain you. There's not going to be anything coming out of it. And it's the same with the life of a disciple, with the life of a Christian. If you don't live it continuously plugged into the power source, you're going to be bored and you're going to burn up and you're going to burn out and you're going to say, what's the point? And I love something that A.W. Tozer said, talking about being a disciple, because sometimes we're just like, Did they say the sinner's prayer? Are they born again? Did we get them saved? And salvation is not the end of the matter, right? Salvation is not just fire insurance. It's not just making sure we know where we're going in the sweet by and by. 
If it's just fire insurance, then when any kind of difficulty or persecution comes, you're going to run, right? Saying the sinner's prayer is not the end of the matter. The heavenly birth is not an end, but an inception. And now begins the glorious pursuit of God. And so that's what life looks like connected to the power source. And we were never meant to do it alone. And so the question that we're going to answer today is what does life really look like connected? If we put our plug into the power source, we put God in his place, which is the source. The source of what? The source of all. He's the source of life, of hope, of joy, of peace, of power. And if we keep God in his place of my source, we're going to stay fueled. We're going to stay free, and we're going to live a life full of adventure. And so we're going to look real quickly at fueled. When we stay connected to the power source, we're going to live a life that is fueled. And I really just want to read John 15, just a couple verses real quick. And I think I gave her a different version, so you don't even have to put these up because it'll just be confusing. Um, John 15 in the voice translation, because Jesus came to show us how to do this. He came as God, but he came as a man who showed us how to live a life as a human being connected to the power source. And he said, if you abide in me and I abide in you, a branch cannot bear fruit if it is disconnected from the vine, and neither will you if you are not connected to me. I am the vine and you are the branches. If you abide in me and I in you, You will bear great fruit. Without me, you will accomplish nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is like a branch that is tossed out and shrivels up and is later gathered to be tossed into the fire and burned. Now, that doesn't mean that if you're not living a life connected to the the power source that you're not going to heaven and he's just going to cast you aside and you're going to be burnt. It paints a picture of what a, a limb looks like when it's not connected to the power source and and what sticks do you try to go find to start your fires the ones that are disconnected and dried up and ready to to be tossed into that fire right the ones you can't just go to a tree and cut a limb off and expect it to just burn because it's too full of life It's never going to burn. It's too wet and full of life. It's going to continue to grow. And it'll even bear some fruit once you disconnect it immediately. You know, if you cut a rose off, it's still going to bloom for a little bit when you put it in water. But we don't want to become that dry, brittle branch that's ready to just burn up. We want to stay connected to the source of life, connected to the source of power. You know, I use my phone a lot. Not just for social media, I listen to the Bible on it, I listen to podcasts on it, I've got worship music playing on it, I take pictures of my kids on it, I post embarrassing pictures of my kids on it. That's what a mom's job is, to embarrass her kids. And so I use my phone a lot, and you know, by halfway through the day, guess what it needs? It needs recharged. But you know what? If I'm sitting at home and I'm just sitting in place and I haven't connected, I could use it for nine hours and guess what will never happen? The battery will never go below 100%. Why? Because no matter how much you use it, if it's connected to the power source, it's not going to run dry. Right? So if we stay 
connected to the source of power all day long instead of just our 20 minutes that we have allotted in the morning, our 10 minutes for our Bible reading and our 10 minutes for prayer, and then we have to go off to the rest of our day. You know, if, we, if that's the only time we're connected to the power source, we're going to be like my phone and just drain, 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 drain. And I've lived that way, have you? <laughs> but it's so much better to stay connected to the power source throughout the day. Matthew eleven twenty seven through 30, I'm going to read it in the message. Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. The Father has given me all these things to do and say. Remember, he's our example of how he did this. This is a unique father-son operation coming out of father and son intimacies. Everyone say intimacy. And knowledge. No one knows the son the way the father does, nor the father the way the son does. But I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. I'm ready to show you how to live connected to the power source and have father and son intimacies just like I have. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Everyone say, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And that's the message translation of the very familiar verse that says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and humble. Right? Take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke. Jesus wasn't leaving them lawless here. He wasn't saying there is no yoke now. He said, take my yoke. And what's his yoke? His yoke is discipleship. Come learn from me. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Discipleship. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I'm not going to put anything on you that's heavy. It doesn't mean that you get to just sit back and do nothing now. That word rest doesn't just mean let's just sit back and do nothing. That word rest means staying refreshed. And I think it's very ironic that he said, come take my yoke, which is discipleship. Weary and burdened means doing it on your own. It's a type of the law. He was talking about the law, trying to earn it on your own. But come take my yoke, which is discipleship, which we just saw in the last four weeks is work. So work is rest. In what language is work ever rest? Anytime I look up the definition of the word work, it does not ever say rest. (laughs) Struggle, it's tired, it's all these things, but it's not rest. Except for in Jesus' language. Why can discipleship, which is work, which is Jesus is Lord, my life is not my own, I'm bought with a price, your will not mine, whatever, whenever, however you want to use me, Lord. How can that equal rest? Well, it's because of who he gave us. It's because he put the helper on the inside, the advocate, the standby, the comforter, the power and the might and the life of God on the inside of us and expects us to stay connected to him all day long. 
The reason discipleship can be refreshing and can be rest, the reason that doing can be rest is because of whom he's put on the inside of us. And if we will live connected to the power source, we'll never run out of juice. Now, we're still going to need to follow the natural laws and rest our bodies. So don't get all kind of crazy out there. You still get to sleep. You know, I just saw something the other day, and it said they they suggest eight hours of sleep a night. And the, (laughs) the lady said, why just be average? Let's go for nine or ten. Let's just really go above and beyond. But um, So we still are going to follow those natural laws, but we're going to keep ourselves connected to the source of power. Jude 1, verses 20 and 21 says, But you, dear friends, by building yourselves up, that means recharging your batteries, building yourselves up on your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourselves in the love of God as you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to bring you to eternal life. Praying, worshiping, what we did this morning, that time in the word, which is spirit and life, those things all charge your batteries. Like even on Friday, ever anyone ever woke up on the wrong side of the bed? Friday, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. And I was snipping at my kids, and I was snipping at my husband, and I was snipping at my dog. And I left, and everything was going wrong. I got all the way out to run my errands without my purse can't buy anything without your wallet. Grumble, grumble, grumble. And then the Holy Spirit was like, excuse me, what are you preaching on Sunday? (laughs) Not super connected to the power source, are you? And I'm like, I guess when my hormones are raging and my nerves are on edge, I can still live connected to the power source. So you know what I did? I started preaching to myself. I said, greater is he who is in me than these nerves going on in my body. Hallelujah. And he can redeem the time. He can find a way to make this all fit in. Because, you know, I live to the second. And if I don't follow that strict schedule because of all the different things that are, are hinging on my time with the kids and the church and the ladies and everything that's going on. And then I put on some worship music. Actually, it was praise music. Actually, it was pretty pumping. Popping, as my kids would say. Allie would say, it's pretty lit. (laughs) Come to the river, drink of the water that never will run dry. I said, I can drink of the river in my car. And within 15 minutes, I was no longer snipping. I was no longer edgy. I was no longer angry. The joy and the life of God was bubbling up on the inside of me. Why? Because I reconnected to the power source. It's not difficult. It's not hard. And that's how we can live a life that's fueled. And he also wants us to live a life that's free. In Luke 3... 21 and 22, it said, One day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, the heavens opened and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. He was baptized with the Holy Ghost, y'all. He was baptized with the Holy Ghost right there. Jesus was human. He was a man who had to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He's showing us how to do it. 
And a voice from heaven said, you are my dearly loved son. You bring me great joy. Luke 4, 1 says, then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Did Jesus sin one time in those 40 days? No. Do you see the correlation here? Then Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. Let's say it again. Then Jesus full of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to tell you that one of the ways to live free is when you're so full of God, there's not room for anything else. When you live a life connected to the power source, full of the life and the energy and the peace and the love and the joy of God, there's not room for anything else. And when God is in his place as the source of all your life and the source of all your joy and the source of all our power, then he owns our yes. And there's not room for anything else. I have a friend, her name's Jennifer, and she is the women's director for Teen Challenge out in Wisconsin. And um, we take for granted what we have here. And she tells me that every time she comes to church here. She said, I really wish we had a church in Wisconsin where the Holy Spirit moved, where you could feel the presence of God tangibly. She said, it's so dry. You just don't know what you have here. And so she was, um, she came across a, a thing on Facebook about a minister that was going to be about 40 minutes from where they are. And he's a Holy Ghost minister. She goes, I did some research online, and, and it just seems legit. And she goes, we, I want the presence of God, and I'm taking these girls, these recovering addicts, to this meeting. And so she called me the next day. She goes, we went. She goes, oh, my goodness, the power and the presence of God was so tangible. And they were laying hands on people. And my girls got hands laid on them. And they got full of the Holy Spirit. And on the way home, every single one of them said, if I had known about this, I would have never done that. If I had known how good this is, I would have never turned to drugs. If I had known how good the presence of God is, I would have never turned to alcohol. And we take for granted the power and the life and the presence of God that lives on the inside of us. Drugs and alcohol is just the counterfeit for what God has given us that lives on the inside of us, dormant on so many. Because we go through life not plugged into the power source, trying to do it on our own. Man, Ephesians 5. Because you're like, oh, hang on now. You're relating the Holy Spirit to being drunk. Yep. <laughs> Ephesians 5 says, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools. But like those who are wise, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, I'm going to give you something better. 
Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourself, making music in your hearts to the Lord. That word singing can mean speaking or preaching to yourself. So we're going to be filled with the Spirit. And that word be is not just a one and done. It's a be being filled. Yeah, I got filled 30 years ago. Well, guess what? You're supposed to get filled again today. Just like I have to keep recharging my phone. We're supposed to be be being filled out by what I did in the car front and by preaching to myself, by speaking to myself, by singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Make a melody in my heart to the Lord. Woo! It is intoxicating and overwhelming, the sweet presence of the Lord. Oh, it's so good. And if you've never experienced it for yourself, don't just be skeptical and just hang tight. Because he wants to reveal himself to you in that way. You're like, oh, the presence of God is everywhere. Yeah, but the presence of God isn't everywhere manifest. He said he wants to manifest himself to us. He wants to reveal himself to us. And this is how we live free, by filling ourselves so full of the life and the power of God that there is no craving for anything else. When you gorge yourself on Thanksgiving Day, to the point where you're almost throwing up. I mean, you can feel it right there, right? And you're like, just roll me to the couch so I can take a nap. Do you think, ooh, I really am craving chocolate? You just think, oh, I never want to see food again as long as I live. Why? Because when you're full, there's no room to crave anything else. When you're so full of God and so connected to the power source, there's no room to crave anything of this world. And the flesh doesn't die easy. The flesh doesn't die easy. God owns my yes. And you know, the deeper into intimacy that we get with him, the more he wants our yes. And so I like Netflix. Anybody with me? (laughs) and I like to binge Netflix so it's not just I'm going to watch one I'm going to watch a season (laughs) in a day while I'm in the kitchen or while I'm putzing around and I would have it on just for noise and stuff I've already even seen before not bad stuff but just stuff junk food if you will so I'm getting full right And there's no room to crave anything else. And I was in the kitchen one day a few weeks ago. And he said, I thought you said you wanted more of me. And I said, I do. He goes, then turn that off and plug into me. And to be honest, it took about a week for me to not really think about wanting TV. And every time I think, well, it's not going to really hurt. They're not bad shows. He said, are you going to trade what you want now for what you want most? It takes time to kill the flesh. It takes determination to kill the flesh. 
Oh, but it's so good to kill the flesh. Because after about a week, man, my spirit was like electricity to the Holy Spirit. The intimacy and the just bam, bam. (laughs) There's no words to describe it. It's so worth it to live free. So worth it to live free. Oh, I have five minutes to zip through. John 14, 20. Hang with me. John 14, 20. Last point, and then we'll be done. Jesus said, when I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who love me. And because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. And so that's our last point. If you love me, you'll do what I say. If you love me, you'll obey my commandments. And you know what? That sucks the life right out of the room, right? Because our mind immediately goes to all the do's and don'ts. I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. I have to do this. I can't do this. I can't do this. But you know what Jesus' commandments were? I'm going to read them to you out of Matthew. Jesus called his 12 disciples together and gave them authority to cast out evil spirits and heal every kind of sickness and disease. And he sent them and said in verse 8, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, cast out demons, freely as you received, freely give. If you love me, you'll keep my commands. He's not just talking about do's and don'ts here, and I'm all for a holy life. Without holiness, no one will see the Lord. But when he says, love me, keep my commands, it's not to keep us from having a good life. It's so that we can live a life full of adventure, so that we can be the miracle, so that when we live a life connected to the power source with God in his place as the source of all that we can Go, heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead. Anybody raise the dead yet? Oh, we need to connect more to the power source. This minister that my friend Jennifer took her people to see has legitimately authorized or whatever cases that are doctor approved, 23 people he's raised from the dead in America. We're not talking about some overseas country. It's not just do's and don'ts, I couldn't and I shouldn't. Jesus had so much more in mind for our lives than do's and don'ts. Christians should not be known just for what they're against. They should be known for the power of God living in them, for living connected to the power source that heals, that saves, that delivers. And I think of John Jean Lake, who had bubonic plague germs, die in his hand. And of Smith Wigglesworth, who would just sit on a train without saying anything. And people would fall out saying, what must I do to be saved? Because the power of God was so strong and permeating from their lives. And it makes me jealous. And it makes me hungry. Because it wasn't just for a select few. It was for all who would believe. He said, Jesus said, in John 14... I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works as I have done and greater works than these shall he do. 
because I go to the Father and I've showed him how to live a life connected to God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I've sent them the helper. I've sent them the same power that raised Christ from the dead to live in their mortal bodies. And now all they have to do is live connected, connected to the power source. How? How do you live connected to the power source? Real quick. Man. Ooh. Who wants to live connected? Listen, I pray for you. We come in here on Thursdays and we pray for you. I come in here by myself some days and I pray for you. And you want to hear what I pray? Paul, the Apostle Paul, prayed some prayers and recorded them. We call them the epistle prayers, which sounds very nice. Because it sounds better than just the letter prayers. Epistle is a fancy word for letter. He wrote these letters to the churches. And in these letters, he had prayers. And Pastor Michael was talking about one last week in Ephesians 1. But I pray Ephesians 3. That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. This is what I pray for you. And A.W. Tozer said this, and it made me really sad. He said, it is not mere words that nourish the soul, but God himself. And unless and until the hearers find God in personal experience, they are no better for having heard the truth. For millions of Christians, God is no more real than he is to the non-Christian. They go through life trying to love an ideal and be loyal to a principle. But God has so much more in mind for us. He has so much more in mind for us. He has a life of adventure connected to the power source where he says, Dixie, go lay hands on that person. I want to cause their leg to grow back. He wants to use you, not just Smith Wigglesworth. Not just a pastor, not just a minister, not just Michael Koulianos. You, to heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead. And Jesus showed us how to do it. In John chapter 11, where he raised Lazarus from the dead, he went to that grave and he said, Father, I thank you that you hear me and that you hear me always. And you know what that word, oh, I thank you that you heard me, because he, it, it gave the impression that he had already prayed. And that word heard can mean to give audience or to be in the audience of. So Jesus was saying when he got to that grave, Father, I thank you that I'm always in the audience of you. And if you're in someone's audience, you're in their presence. Father, I thank you that I'm always in the audience of the life giver, of the resurrector, of the healer, of the power, of the joy, of the peace. I thank you that I'm always in the audience of you. That's how we live life connected. Oh, with that song we sing about the Holy Spirit. Let us become more aware of your presence. It's a sweet song, huh? But that's how you stay connected 
by being constantly and continually aware of the presence and the power of God within. And I dare you to try it for a week. Unplug the TV. Let it be boring. And plug yourself on purpose into the power and the might and the presence of God. And see what changes in your life. Oh, it's so good. Matthew eleven twenty seven. 27 Jesus said it flows from father and son intimacies. You know what? Intimacy takes time, takes work, takes sacrifice, letting go of what you want now for what you want most. Mm. But we can do this. We can live a life connected, fueled free and full of adventure. There's another slide. Would you pop that up? I'm going to just, oh, God. I have tasted thy goodness, and it has both satisfied me and made me thirsty for more. So that's been my prayer all week in prepping for this, is that you would leave dissatisfied. (laughs) I want you to leave so dissatisfied with where you are right now and so hungry for more of God. Amen? Amen? Are you ready to live a life connected, satisfied but always thirsty, hungry, Ready to heal the sick? Cleanse the leper? Raise the dead? Hallelujah? Hallelujah. God's not dead. God is not dead. You know what I think is amazing is, um, like Pastor Tony just said, we, we have come through this amazing series on discipleship and what it means to follow Christ. How do we follow Christ? Well, that's what this is all about. You know, I was laying in bed last night. And probably around 3 or 4 o'clock, like most of you, you wake up and you're... Because you've been sleeping like this. But I woke up and there was just... I was so thirsty. I was so thirsty. Thirst will get you up out of bed. Thirst will get you out of your comfort zone. Thirst will literally drive you to go and quench that thirst. Then while I was up... My stomach started to growl. <laughs> and I, I thought to myself, man, I'm hungry. I should eat something. But no, if I start eating something, then I'll be awake. But I, I just want you to hear this. Sometimes hunger will, will wake you up out of bed at night. It will get you. It will snap you out of your comfort zone when you realize how hungry you are. And that's what this is all about. How hungry are you? How hungry are you? Bill Johnson says it all the time. I'm hungry but not hungry enough to get up and get it for myself. But if my wife says, hey, I'm going to get up and make a sandwich, do you want one? Oh, yeah, I'll have one if you're going to bring it to me. A disciple doesn't just hear, he That's what we're trying to do. The church has left the building. It's not just this cute, catchy phrase to, to say, oh, look, Warren Christian, or Victory Christian Center, Warren Campus has a really cool phrase that says the church has left the building. The church has to come to the building. Still? But while we're here, we're going to teach you. We're going, to, we're going to fill you up. And this is the place. This is the filling station, so to speak, where we come together. We don't forsake ourselves together, of, of gathering together. But while we're here, let's fill up. Amen. Let's fill up. How hungry are you? How thirsty are you? We want you to leave every week thirsty for more. Hungry for more. I can't get enough. Amen. Why don't you stand with us?
Next week we're talking about the connection, the connect with one another. We're going to talk about putting one another in place, I guess. <laughs> no, but we're, we're looking forward to, uh, to wrapping this one up with you. Can we just bless you? Can we give you this? We just want to bless you in the mighty name of Jesus. We love you so much, and we know that people have spoken things over your lives and to your faces and behind your backs that hurt and cut deeply. But this morning, we desire to give you this. We bless you in the mighty name of Jesus, that name that is above every name, that you would have the understanding and the ability to discern what is right and what is wrong by the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you, that one drop of the Holy Spirit would not be enough, that you would come to know and understand that there is a vital united connection that you have to have and we bless you with this knowledge today that you might go from this place and get more from what his word says get more from the presence of God when you begin to worship him we bless you with the ability to stay connected to the vine in the mighty name of Jesus we bless you God bless you listen we forgot to we forgot to tell you if this is your very first time here this weekend or if you would like to um to to get some free chocolate. No, I can't say that. But if, you, if you've never met us, we would love to uh, bless you with a free gift. So come and, come and hang out with us. We love you. God bless you.